kind of in praying, I just I felt a, a wonderful inspiration. For me, it was always just a really lovely encouragement when I can sort of um, feel, feel inspired in a particular direction. So um, we, we, as a leadership team, so that's Niall and Grace and um, Matt and Lee, who are back there somewhere, and Angela and myself, in November of 2023, we went up to Tutukaka because we heard it's good to hear God in Tutukaka, and there's a swimming pool and great food around where we were. But we, we had gone away for, for a weekend, and the purpose of our time away was to really just to pray, um, to seek God, to plan, to dream, to have fun, um, to go swimming, to eat great food, and, and to really just um, settle into what it is God might be talking or speaking to us about for this season ahead, knowing all of this was, was on the horizon. And from that time away, um, we really believe that as a team, we really heard um, God for us and a focus for us in, in the season of Maharangi Vineyard ahead. And I think Grace said it, and she just sort of had it, it just rolled off her tongue, but I'm a bit of a sucker for a, for a one-liner. And so she said, you know, it's like we're, we've all been created for connection. And, and to be honest, I didn't hear anything for the rest of the time that we were talking um, in, in what anyone else had said. And it was those three words, created for connection, that I really feel like God is, is wanting us to lean into and for us to explore really in whatever is the next season of Maharangi Vineyard. And so I want to start by reading from 1 Peter um, chapter 1. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, but you can sort of either read in your own Bible or a device, and or a device with the Bible app on it. Don't scroll. Um, starting in, in chapter 1. This letter is from Peter, the Apostle of Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. Um, another translation says, I am writing to God's chosen people who, who are living as exiles who are scattered to the four winds. God the Father knew you, and he chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been, and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. That's a reminder. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance. Can I be so bold as to add, as we so, spoke about last year, we live with a taonga that is more than just for us. an inheritance that is kept for us, kept in heaven for us, pure and undefiled, beyond reach of change or decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by, the by his power until you receive this salvation, which is already to be revealed in the last days for all of the world to see. 
So be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through the many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus revealed, when Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. You rejoice, you, and you rejoice with glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward of trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. The, the opening sort of few verses of, of Peter's letter is really just a wonderful and yet powerful reminder of who we are or our identity as Christians or, say it another way, as followers of Jesus. If we genuinely are living our life and we're going through the process of reordering our life to, to reflect and to look like that of Jesus, there are a few things that we see in these opening lines that are markers of our identity of, of what it is to be a genuine follower of Jesus. And the first one is this, is that we are chosen. Peter says twice, I am writing you as, as God's chosen people. He's reminding us that we've been chosen a long time ago. In Ephesians, a little bit um, earlier in, in the New Testament, it says, even before he made the world, God, God loved you and he chose you. As a follower of Jesus, at the very core of our identity, when we, when we look at ourselves in the mirror, when we think of ourselves and who we are and who we ought to be, the very first thing we need to remind ourselves is that we are chosen. He goes on to say, um, not only are we chosen, but we are set apart. We're set apart. This is not our home. I know we've been celebrating this is our new home, but, but in a way it's not our home. That we are, we are, we live in what we live in a beautiful part of the world, but we are foreigners. We are exiles in this place. This is not our home. Romans 12 says, do not be conformed by the world. Or in another way of saying, don't let this world form your identity. Aren't we seeing generations, the, the, the fallout of generations who have sadly allowed their identity to be formed by what the world says they should be, what culture says we should be, what the internet, God help us, says we should be. And yet scripture reminds us, commands us, invites us to not let those things 
form our identity, but be formed, but carries on to say, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That through testing, we may know what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So not only are we chosen, but we're set apart. And I want to take note here because if, if those two things, when we talk about our identity, if the, the outpour, outworking of that in our hearts is that we somehow perceive ourselves in an, in an arrogant way, or somehow then look out into the world, look down our noses at the world, can I humbly invite you to repent before the presence of God? The fact that we are chosen and the fact that we are set apart should not produce an arrogance or a disdain for the world around us. What it needs to produce us in us is, is a humbleness at our very core and a love for the world around us. A love that causes us to wake up in the middle of the night and cry out for those who are hurting and lost and broken. A love that gets us out of bed early to serve the poor. A love that causes us to give our possessions away to those who are in need, not because knowing that they could never repay us. That's what being chosen should produce within us. That's what our identity being, being in a foundation of being set apart needs to produce within us as his people. The third of our identities is that we are um, sanctified for obedience. Now that's a $100 word for a $50 morning. Sanctification really is, is really, in, in a very simple definition, is again to being set apart, which we've just said, but a crucial aspect of it is being set apart for a very special use or a very special purpose. At the core of our identity as followers of Jesus, we need to know that we are set apart for a reason. We have a mission, we have a vision, we have a purpose that is more than just ourselves, that is more than just these four walls, that is more than just our family or our own joy or our own happiness. We are set apart for something more, and the more is always found, well, always, within this room, but for so much more than that. We are sanctified for the obedience for those who are well and truly all around us. The reason for being set apart, the reason for being made holy, and when Scripture says it's being made holy, it's not, it may not be exactly what we think about. It's, it's being made more and more into the reflection of who Christ is. It's not like never putting a foot wrong. It's about who we have been created to be before the foundations of the earth. Us being the very, when, when, when Christ, when God sees us, it's, it's the process of being made into the person that he sees when he looks at us. 
and we're made holy. We engage in that process for those reasons that are well beyond what we just have in this room. We, We are sanctified for obedience for the sake of the person who sits at the desk in your office come Monday morning. For the person who's, who's working alongside you. We're made holy for the person that drives you nuts and irritates the very life out of you. Not looking at anyone in particular. Yeah, feelings mutual. Do you know, we're, we're made holy for, for our neighbors. Genuinely, the people that live around us. It's, it's what Peter and it's what Jesus wants to remind us of, is, is if we are going to order our life, if we are going to reverently and, and honorably walk around with, a, with the label of a follower of Jesus, we do all of what we do for the sake of the other. And then finally, the, um, the fourth Identity is that we are sprinkled, one translation says, by the blood of Jesus. We are sprinkled or we are cleansed with the blood of Jesus. Our identity of a follower of Jesus from head to toe needs to be stained in the blood that Jesus poured out for us. We are to never, ever go beyond the cross. We are never to, to move beyond the table. We should have had our table set up this morning. But move beyond the fact that who we are is at its very identity, at its very core, because of who he is and what he did on that cross. His life, his death, the, accus- the false accusations that were, were brought before him, his death, his torture, his death on the cross, his resurrection, it's everything. It is the very anchor to our soul. And that really does bring me into, into what it is to be people who are created for connection. I, I had um, somewhere along the line someone say to me, oh, it's a really good practice to always be aware of the things in life that make you mad, sad, or glad. And one of the things that we, when we first came into this room, one of the things that really actually, and I'm, I'm going to be like, it didn't actually physically make me mad, but it repulsed the very essence of who I was, was this, yeah, I'm not being dramatic at all, but there were these horrific, like, bird's nest of cables that strung down all around from back here, and then I'd go down the hallway, and there were other cables and things, and if you don't, and to to prove the point that I am exaggerating, this is a sampling of some of the cables that have been strung at various places all around this building. And it was only about a week ago that I was sort of thinking about it 
And, and I really felt like the Holy Spirit say, those cables were created for connection. And I thought, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed, but that feels like a sermon analogy. <laughs> and anyone who's sitting here knows life is always a constant lookout for a sermon analogy. And so, so I, I'm, I'm running with it this morning. But we have been created for connection. And so I wanted to, a couple of things about these cables that we can learn from that I wanted to just really just the rest of the time that we have, which has gone really quick, um, look at. Is, is there are so many parts of connection. I'm just going to use this one. But connection is made up of many parts. We can sort of look at this cable and think, oh, it's, it's just a cable. But when I take off the end, it's actually two cables fused together. And then in each cable, there is each all of these individual pieces. When we think about and when we lean into this year or this season of, of leaning into the invitation of that we as Maharangi Vineyard are being created for connection, I don't want us to remember that we are all part of this connection. That none of us can outwork and outlive the connection that we are created for in, in, in isolation. That, can you see that? That's you. You cannot do what this is meant to do. The next part of being created for connection. And, and, and let me say, like scripture is filled with it. The, the invitation just for, for me to be me. The, the temptation is great. But we have an enemy of our soul that would love nothing more than, than just me to be me because he knows there's very little that I can do alone. But oh, what we can do when we are created for connection, all together, all going in the right, the same direction. And so scripture reminds us over and over and over again to love one another, to get along with one another, to forgive one another, to honor one another, to see one another as a vital part of the connection that we're being invited into. That's right. The next part is, is that, we are for, that we can have to be, to be people who are created for connection is that we are plugged in to our source. So this could, have, this could have both ends going, or this could all be all working beautifully together. But if we are not plugged into our source, and our source being Jesus, we, connection is not going to happen. Nothing is going to be achieved. It's why as we've gone away, when we went away earlier, it, or late last year. It's one of the exciting things that we were able to work through and plan is starting term two, Maz and Pip 
are going to be starting just up there in the Wilson Hall, a, a, a communal Bible study, a connect group where we can get together, we can sit around tables, and we can together lean into and connect ourselves with the life that is Scripture with the hope that is Jesus. It's why we do the things that we do where we, we stand together and we sing and we worship because in times of worship, in corporate worship, of standing together, those are times where we are plugging into and listening to the Holy Spirit. It is why we were created for connection. It's why we do the things like we sit silently in God's presence. That's being plugged in to our source. It is the, it are the, it's the little things that make such a difference. It's the one foot in front of the other that gets us where we need to go. Not in our own strength, but the strength of Christ who has gone before us. It's all of the incredible practices that, have gone, that, that many of the Christians who have gone before us have demonstrated. It's spiritual disciplines. It's getting up early and... and Spending time with Jesus is going out into nature and realizing that God's speaking to us in the incredible environment all around us. It's all of the wonderful ways that we can connect. And then finally, we are created for connection. And this cable, I picked this one out specifically, is that we can, this can all, this could be plugged in. I should. No, I don't want to blow anything up. But this could be plugged in and working well. This all could be doing incredibly, all working together, linked together, working in the same, moving in the same direction. But if this is our end, if this is our output, we are not, we have not been created for connection. This is, this is the mission that we have been invited into, that we've been commanded to do to go into all the world. So this is, without this next connection, we haven't really achieved much. So, so as, as followers of Jesus, as Maharangi Vineyard, I believe that we are in a season that we are going to see more and more of what this part is going to look like. The mission of going out into all the world, which happens to be the Maharangi for us. And actually, as I, even as I say it, I really believe that in this season ahead, that God is going to impress mission into the, all of the earth in some of us. That we've been created for connection, and that connection has to, at its very essence and core, have mission as part of it. That we do all of this, and it's important, and it's good, and it's right, but we do it for all those who are yet to come in. I love the definition of church being, it's one of the few organizations that exists for those who are not yet members. Let that sink in a little bit. Like, that's why we do what we do. We don't forsake what it is we're doing, but we do all of it for those who are yet to know what it is we're up to. Why don't we stand? That's my finished siren, I think.
Jesus, I thank you so much for your invitation that we have been created for connection. I thank you for the reminder of, of who we are as your children, that we have been chosen by you. that we've been set apart, that we've been sanctified, that is being set apart for a reason and a purpose, and that we have, from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, been washed by your blood. And all of it is because you have a world that you desperately love. All of it is because there are, that you have nothing more for us to do than to share the love and the truth and the identity of who you have called us to be with those who don't yet know. I pray for each person who is standing in this room right now that your Holy Spirit would rest heavy on those four identity markers of what it is to be a follower of you. And I feel like right now there might be some of them, whether it's that you actually just really struggle with the thought that God has actually chosen you. Or that you've kind of journeyed on for a long enough time that you might have sort of slipped into the, the mindset it's, that it's about how good you are or how, how hard you have to work or how, how good you are at keeping the rules. Holy Spirit, if there are kind of internal objections that we have to what it is that you identify as followers of Jesus, would you speak to us now? Would you remove the roadblocks of maybe what other people have said or, or what we've told ourselves up until now? That for all of us, we would remind ourselves that we have been and are created for connection and nothing will stand in the way of that connection. I pray blessing over each person right here, right now. I ask that you would knit us together as Maharangi Vineyard, that you would remind us of our source in you and that you would unfold within us the mission that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.